Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care and save big at BJ's. Welcome to The Approach Shot, the golf show that's more laughs than links, more stories than strokes, more guffaws than golfers. Here are the hosts of The Approach Shot, John Ashton and Neil Michaels. That sounds like a motley crew to me. Uh, I'm the John Ashton part of that, and that would make you... The Neil Michaels part of that, though, you know, every once in a while, I just like playing me being John and you being Neil for fun. <laughs> no, trust, <laughs> trust me. I've been John for a while. It's really not all that much fun. <laughs> <laughs> How was your week? The end of the year, the beginning of the new one and Christmas and New Year and buying presents and getting presents and kids and and food. Um, it, it was OK. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is now that we are doing this podcast I get asked all the time, so did you go out and play golf? And I thought the same thing you just said. <laughs> no, um, much as I would like to, there's this holiday coming up that requires a little preparation. Yeah, so well, maybe in the new year. My brother-in-law, who works all the time, called me or texted me and said, uh, Tuesday looks good. We should get a tea time. Of course, he never makes tea times because if I make the tea time, he usually gets to play for free. So <laughs> Sounds like a plan. So I called course that I live about a minute and a half from, they had one availability open at 12 noon. And I said, I'll take it. Now, the temperature said it was supposed to be somewhere in the upper 50s. We got there at 1130. And by the time we teed off at 12 noon, the temperature had reached 43 degrees. Not the same. With about a 12 mile an hour wind. Ooh, <laughs> ouchie. <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> On the other hand, nine of your holes, you probably hit like Superman. Yeah. The other nine, you probably hit like, mm, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, like normal. <laughs> but at least I had an excuse. Exactly. But that's that's winter time in the uh, in the mid south, man. You never you're never quite sure what you're going to get. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to get today on the podcast yes. is a great guy. Young in for us, he's he's in his 20s, and he's already the sports director of the ABC station in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and his name is T.J. Eckert. I get the feeling we're going to do some laughing and storytelling today. <laughs> Indeed. And, and you want to talk about stories. We, we mentioned to uh, Evan Burke, who is a comedian who will also be on a little later on in the program, that this is basically we just tell stories. And he has a story, and he swears it's real life, and it's funnier than any bit he could write. It's all coming up. So we really suggest you just sit back, relax, hang out. This is The Approach Shot. 
and we will be right back. Hey, John, I'm so excited. My every plate box arrived. You know that I do the grocery shopping and cooking at my house, so I was really excited to see what every plate had to offer. I mean, I already knew every plate is the cheaper alternative to takeout or delivery, and that every plate offers contactless delivery right to your door. But I gotta tell you, I wasn't sure how good the meals would be, because this is America's best value kit with meals priced at $2.99 per meal for three weeks. You heard me. per meal. That's less than a cup of coffee and way less than every other home meal kit. But the proof is in the food. Not to make your mouth water. Okay, maybe a little bit. Last night I made these incredible pork chops with an amazing sauce, mashed potatoes, and zucchini. It was so delicious. And from box to our dinner plates, it took only 30 minutes with simple to follow instructions. So, tonight, it's going to be chicken sausage linguine. Be jealous. Be very jealous. Or better yet, get three weeks of Every Plate meals for yourself for only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code APPROACH3. That's $2.99 per meal at everyplate.com and enter APPROACH and the number 3. So I have a friend with a house on a golf course, and he lives in mortal fear every day of somebody breaking a window. And I said, man, that's that's the least of your worries. He said, well, what are you talking about? I said, well, you know about home title theft? He said, no, what's that? And I said, man, the FBI says it's it's like growing by leaps and bounds. Cybercrime itself is up by 75%, and home title theft is one of those. Cyber criminals find the title to your home online. They forge your signature on a quick claim deed. Then they refile as the new owner of your home, and you're off the title. Then they take out loans against your home, and they steal the cash. They stick you with the payments. They destroy your credit, and you probably don't even know about it until you start getting late payments or a foreclosure notice. That's what you should be afraid of. But you can fix it. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you've already been a victim. Then use code RADIO and get 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. And we're back. And as promised, John, it's not going to be just you and me talking for the entire show today. We've actually brought in somebody I'm very excited to talk to. It's T.J. Eckert. T.J. was a quarterback at University of Central Oklahoma and joined the golf team at the same time. And he's now the sports director at the ABC station in Tulsa, Oklahoma. T.J., welcome. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it's nice to have you, man. And according to his hat, uh, he's a, a champion at Bushwood Country Club. So we yep. have to congratulate him on that also. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, you know, it's it was a hard-fought battle this year, but we were able to squeak it out. So already we're into the we. Is this you and your dad, or was this you and some random person you picked up? No, if we if I were to ever win a tournament, hopefully he's not listening, but it would not be with my dad. <laughs> i tell you, I was, I was reading TJ's blog before we got on. He and his dad played a skins game. And they're holding this big wad of cash, like 
like they owned a gas station back in the 60s. Okay. It says at the bottom, dad didn't put a dime of this money up. And if it wasn't for the 20 bucks, we wouldn't be holding the cash. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened, too. We, uh, you know, it was on the first tee and they were like, hey, it's 20 bucks to get in the skins. Do you guys want to get in? And my dad said, no. He said, I'm not playing very good. I'm not going to waste 20 bucks. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll do it for you. The only skin on the entire day was on 18. We made an eagle. It was par five. We made an eagle. And my dad actually made it. Yeah. So he won the skin. And because I put money in for our team, our team won the skin. And like I said, it was the only one. I can't remember how much it was, five 500 or something, 550. I can't remember what the number was. An enormous amount of money that just put in 10 bucks a piece and it would have been good to go. He'd have been fine, but he didn't want to do it. So I was like, fine, here's my 20. I'll put us in. <laughs> Luckily, I did that. So did he at least give you your 20 back? He, yeah, I got my I got my twenty back. I, he he gave me a little something uh, for the effort too, referencing Caddyshack. So, yeah. have you ever played an alternate shot tournament? Yeah, so there's been a couple. I've played in a couple of those, and that that can get a little challenging. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have any friendships strong enough to play in an alternate shot tournament? Because I don't. <laughs> I, that, that's a that's a good question because the one of the tournaments I played an alternate shot with, I haven't played with him since. So maybe <laughs> maybe maybe I don't have enough strong friendships. There you go. You really should uh, should avoid alternate shot tournaments with friends at uh, at all costs. Your sports director, man. So twenty twenty, what the hell you been talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we've been we've been fortunate the past uh, few months now. Being in Oklahoma, we we had most of if not all of our sports come back pretty much around normal time. Uh, the summertime, we had nothing, pretty much like everywhere. But then football season, high school football has been on and going like normal for the most part. I mean, Oklahoma has three Division One football teams with OU, Oklahoma State, and Tulsa. And all three of those schools have, have gone off without a hitch. So, okay. you know, Big Ten country, Pac-12 country. I know there's we've had, we've had Big 12 football since – the beginning of September. So we've had something to talk about, but yeah, during the early stages of the pandemic, we were, uh, it was slim pickings there for a while. Well, I'm not, not sure what, uh, what Neil's like out there on the West coast, but where I'm at in, in uh, K- Kentucky, this of course is, is a uh, basketball Mecca. The day they canceled the NCAA tournament last March, we're, we're all still in mourning. Um, <laughs> right. Cause, cause without basketball, there is nothing. Well, I'm in, I'm in San Diego and there is, virtually no sports here period <laughs> we, have, we have the Padres who actually have done fairly well this year but most people would just rather walk the beach and have you just you know leave them alone hey TJ in in college you're the quarterback at UCO and you join the golf team did you do both or did you just decide to move on after college and play more golf yeah, so basically I, I went to school to play football. I was actually going to go to school and play football and baseball, but playing quarterback, college coaches want their quarterbacks in spring football, which makes it hard to play baseball. So ended up just playing football. And then I played golf quite a bit in high school, uh, not competitively or anything, but just played. And then I got better as I went along in college and then was started playing some amateur tournaments the fall of 2016, but I graduated in the spring of 2017. So I had another semester of eligibility. So I asked the golf coach if I could walk on. It was basically like, hey, I'm free. I, I, I'm i still getting school paid for from football. I'm not going to cost you anything. Do you care if I, you know, at least come out and see if I can make some travel teams? And he said, sure. And, and it helped. So the, the coach at UCO was Josh Fosdick, who was an assistant at Oklahoma State when Brandon Whedon was there. And Brandon Whedon, if you guys know, did the exact same thing. He played football 
And whenever his football eligibility ran out, he walked on the golf team his last semester. And so he kind of dealt with something similar in the past. And I played terribly. I didn't qualify for any teams, any travel tournaments. <laughs> but I had a good time, and and uh, I'm getting married in December, and about half the golf team is invited. The golf coach will be there. So I uh, formed some good relationships, if, if nothing else. Yeah. So your dad plays. Is he the guy who uh, took you out the first time? Yeah. Sort of. I played very little when I was growing up because I was such a baseball guy and he was a baseball guy. He got, he was, uh, he got drafted by the Yankees in 1988. So he's, he's a baseball guy still. Uh, but yeah, we, we grew up playing every once in a while. And then I just slowly played more and more as I continued to get older because baseball was the focus for, for the most part. And we tried not to mix the swings too much. Yeah. Yeah. He introduced me to the game and then we just kind of progressed as we went along. And yeah, baseball players make great golfers, but they don't do it simultaneously kind of got to the point where I could go and play golf during baseball season and not have it affect the baseball swing. I was playing golf the other day with a, with a, a very uh, experienced softball player. And he was just so frustrated because he said, I can hit a ball coming at me at 40 miles an hour anywhere on a field I want to hit it. He said, but I'm staring at this ball that's stationary right in front of me, and I have no idea where this thing's going to go. <laughs> it's it's an, it's a such a exciting, fun frustrating sport it really is and you're right because baseball you know we're we're not only getting balls thrown at us 80 90 miles an hour but then they're able to switch the switch the speed up switch the pitch up and so we're constantly having to guess there's not a lot of guessing in golf the ball's not moving it's still incredibly frustrating just as a quick aside the uh, louisville slugger museum here in louisville has Mm -hmm. has a display it's a video display but it's it's of a pitcher pitching a 92 mile an hour fastball and I swear, you hear the sound of that ball hitting the catcher's mitt before the pitcher actually finishes <laughs> the movement. How you could hit a 90-mile-an-hour – it's the same thing with quarterbacks, I think. There's something in your body, maybe it's the adrenaline, that slows down time. Yeah, I was just having this discussion with uh, someone yesterday or a couple of days ago about playing quarterback. You know, you're, you're constantly processing information in a second or two real time. But like you're saying, it seems like it slows down. You walk up to the line of scrimmage, you got to figure out where are my safeties? What are the corners doing? What's the, what are the linebackers doing? What's the defensive line stunt? What is my guy doing? I got to make sure I know my guy's routes. And then when the ball snaps, everything changes. Defenses aren't going to do what they say they're going to do all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's constantly things changing. You're trying to not get hit. You're trying to make a good throw. You're trying to read the defense correctly. And you're like, you're saying you're trying to do it all within a second or a second and a half. Right. And, uh, same thing in baseball. You're trying to figure out what a pitcher is going to throw in much less time. And, you know, these guys are throwing, you know, 90 miles an hour is like below average now. You know, guys yeah. are throwing 94, 95, and some guys are throwing 100 plus. So different game. I played in one official game of football in high school. And uh, that's that's how badly the team was decimated. They got to the point where they had to put <laughs> me in. Okay. And I, I, I was just – I played safety. That's all I did is I ran. There was one time, however, where the guy I was covering faked me out of my shoes. Uh, but he also faked the quarterback out because the quarterback threw the ball to me. So obviously <laughs> the guy I was covering broke in the wrong direction. Right. So suddenly I'm sitting there with this ball in my hand and I just started running and running fast. And I remember I got hit twice simultaneously, once in the thighs and once in the shoulders. And all I remember doing is saying to myself, don't drop the ball, don't drop the ball, don't drop the ball, don't drop the ball. And I swear it took me 10 seconds to hit the ground. I mean, it's just like longest every, 10 seconds of your life. I know everything right. just stopped. 
And it was like, come on, I know this is going to happen eventually. Why isn't it happening? But that's going to be like constant for guys like you playing playing those positions. Yeah, it is. And the thing with quarterback too is you don't know where you're going to get hit from sometimes because you can't see. You know, I'm looking. I'm looking this way, reading a defense, but I can't see what's behind me. My blind side. So, yeah. That's uh, that's a constant fear in the back of a quarterback's mind. Yeah, it's kind of tough to have to trust other people to take care of you too, isn't it? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> you know, you were just talking about um, the fact that pitchers are now throwing the ball 100 miles an hour. Chapman for the Yankees and and a couple of the guys for the Dodgers in this past World Series were throwing 100, 101, 102 regularly. And I remember I was living in Atlanta, and they let a bunch of us advertising guys go on the field at Turner Field to take batting practice. Thrill of my life. <laughs> First ball comes in and it's 66 miles an hour and it blew past me. And I'm thinking, this isn't going to go well. <laughs> second, ball, second ball, I hit a little dribbler. Third ball, I did make some contact and dribbled it up to first base. By the time it got to the seventh or eighth pitch, I hit one that went out soaring toward the outfield. And the guy who was sort of sponsoring us said, drop your bat and watch this one. Uh, and it had this beautiful arc, and it ends up going just out to the warning track, and the guy caught the ball. And everybody looked at me like, hey, nice job. <laughs> and a buddy of mine, he saw that I had that sort of swagger look, and he looks at me and he goes, 66 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> no, can't imagine 101. Hey, no. listen, uh, John, I, I, I want you to know this about TJ. He has been playing golf, you know, as we said, since college. And his dad obviously took him out and played with him a lot. But he's got a very famous story about his sister. I, we, I like to say that's infamous, but, you know, we'll take, <laughs> we, can use, we can use your word if you want. I've been playing somewhat regularly now for 10-ish years or so. Uh, my sister start, was a soccer player and then started playing golf after some knee injuries. She started playing in eighth grade and now she's 20. So she's been playing for maybe six or seven years, not a very long time at all, but her sophomore year or junior year of high school, I can't remember the year exactly. So she's been playing what, two years at this point? She's been playing two years at that point, maybe three. <laughs> Makes a hole in one. Oh. In her two or two and a half years of experience of playing golf, she's made more home on ones than the combined of whatever 40, 50 years of me and my dad playing golf. Dad and I have yet to make a home on one. Rachel, my sister, just walks out and makes one within two or three years of starting playing the game. Ain't nothing to it. And how is that at Thanksgiving every year? <laughs> she uh, she likes to bring it up. Um, and anytime we're playing together and one of us hits it close, yeah. you know, she'll – one of us, other than her, hits it close. She'll she'll be sure to point out that it didn't go in and that we still don't have one. And, um, she's got the ball. She's got the scorecard. She's got all sorts of memorabilia that is appropriately hung in her room that is for all to see. It's okay. She's now a college golfer, so she's it was legit. She's getting school paid for to play college golf, so it's not like it was one of those. Uh, she walked out on a course one day and and dribbled one down the fairway and it rolled in. You know, she's she's legit. I have a brother-in-law. <laughs> who is a uh, consistent golf partner of mine. He got a hole-in-one last year, his first ever. Mm. And now every time we go to that course and we get to that tee, he's like, oh, this is the one I aced last year, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Here's the ultimate thing about Rachel's hole-in-one. She was in high school, yeah. <laughs> so she can't go in and buy a round of drinks for everybody because nope. she's underage. Is that the most inequitable thing in the world, <laughs> that you get the hole-in-one, you're expected to buy drinks for everybody? Yeah. No, they should be buying drinks for you. For, Where did that, that start? Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> that was just some disgruntled guy who never had a hole in one. So at least I'm going to get a free drink out of this. <laughs> I think that's why the three of us haven't had our hole in ones yet. We're waiting for that rule to change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Normally, that's my that's normally my go to joke in scrambles is I, I look and see which which uh, par three has the best prize for for hole in one. And I just I'm waiting to keep my hole in one until I, I find the right prize. So that's that's my that's my go to. <laughs> TJ Eckert. Uh, so how'd you get into TV, man? And I took a speech class at UCO my the spring of my freshman year, and I was in the mass comm building, so I knew where it was at that point, and liked the class, and just kind of was moseying around looking at the other classes or degree fields that were in there, and saw the broadcast was there. I was like, well, I'll take a couple more classes and see what it's like, and and then UCO had a daily newscast through the school that aired on a channel within the school, or we streamed it, whatever the case may be. And so I got, I did some sports doing that and really enjoyed that. And then I interned at a TV station here in Oklahoma, or there in Oklahoma city. And, and then just kind of kept going and going and going. So it was, it was always something that people had talked about maybe seeing me doing, but it was not something that I had really pursued until honestly my sophomore year of, of college. Cool. And then you realize how easy it was and how it beat working for a living, right? Yeah, that's right. The the stuff we're doing is not hard. It's no. not we're not you know we're not laying pavement. We're not laboring hours on end. It's different hours, right? I mean, we're we're working an opposite schedule of most people. I get home at midnight or eleven thirty, whatever the case may be. But the work we're doing is not difficult. You know, today I'm I'm sitting in on Zoom calls with with Lincoln Riley from OU and Philip Montgomery from TU. I'm not doing anything overly difficult. I'm going to go shoot some high school practice later today and then put makeup on and do a six o'clock and a 10 o'clock. That's the hardest part was putting the makeup on. Yeah. The only time you break a sweat is when it's summertime and the air conditioning is not running in the studio. <laughs> right. All right. Let's put them on the spot, man. Let's, let's do the six pack. Let's do a six pack of questions with TJ Eckert. Let's say question number one, who is the favorite person you've ever played a round of golf with and why? <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of someone cool, but I, I don't play golf with a lot of cool people. <laughs> my, friend, my friends will get offended by that. My friends will get offended by that. You know, the easy answer will be my dad, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to expound on that a little bit. I played a round of golf with my dad and my sister at Pebble Beach. That wasn't the coolest person I've played with. My dad's cool, but that wasn't the coolest person. It was the coolest experience, if you will. Getting to play Pebble Beach with my dad was by far and away the coolest right. round of golf I've ever played. I guess. If your dad arranged <laughs> the round, then that would make him cool. All right. Question number two. Who's the person you'd most like to play around with? Oh, okay. Uh, Tiger. Was that who Was that who you guys were betting on? Tiger Woods? Yeah. So close. We were thinking Jesus, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be funny. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, two questions, I'm two questions in, and I'm giving realistic answers, so – that tiger, but no, that tiger. I'm, I'm a huge tiger fanboy. If anybody follows me on social media, I retweet just about anything tiger related. So there you go. And hopefully now tiger will follow you. Oh, that's the hope. Question number three is what's the most embarrassing thing that's either happened to you or that you did on a golf course? There's a course in basically East Tulsa that is a casino course. And there's a par five that goes, it's pretty flat and then goes really severely uphill. And the green kind of sits I call it a canyon, but it's basically a deep valley to its left. There's a big runoff. And I hit a ball to the front of the green, and the pin was, like, back left. So I was back there by that valley. And I put it back towards that pin and hit it too hard, and it rolled off the back of the green almost down into the valley. Put back up to the green, trying to get it up close, and put it back to similar spot where I was before that. And there was a group, and there was a group behind us, and my dad – I was playing with my dad again. 
but we were playing. It took me so long to play the hole because I was, you know, I was going back and forth, back and forth. And so eventually my dad just like, just pick it up. Let's go. We got to move on. Well, I pick up, literally pick up my ball and throw it back down the fairway because I was so pissed off at the way I was playing the hole. So that was really embarrassing because I normally don't let my cool or my my attitude get the best of me like that. I'm, I'm normally very even keeled and positive on the golf course, but I was so mad and I was so frustrated at my dad for not letting me finish the hole. And I picked it up and threw it. And I'm pretty embarrassed to say that wasn't too long ago. That wasn't like when I was 13 and immature. That was like, I don't know, not, not even that many years ago. So I've, I've gotten better, I promise. But that was really embarrassing because it took me a few holes to calm down. And, and my dad was pretty frustrated with me. All right. Question number four. You've heard the expression drive for show, putt for dough. Mm-hmm. And the best ball, are you showy or doughy? Definitely showy. I'm normally I'm normally the guy who, who goes last and swings out of his shoes. But that doesn't translate all the time to, like you're saying, if, if normally I'm the guy that plays last in the scramble, I'm supposed to be the one who either hits fairways or hits at the furthest, which I normally hit at the furthest, so that's good. Iron player, you're supposed to be the guy who hits the closest, right? If you're going last, you're supposed to be the ringer. So, and when you're putting, you're, you're the last one. You not only get to see all three lines, but you're supposed to be the best putter in the group. And normally that's not the case. Normally I'm the one who hits it the furthest and gives us the closest shot up there in the green, but I don't roll in a lot of putts. So definitely, I'm definitely more showy than doughy. Question number five, and this is, this is um, a little personal. Have you ever had enough beverage in your system where you're standing on a fairway and you're just not going to make it back to the clubhouse to take care of business. <laughs> uh, me? No. Have I witnessed it? Yes. <laughs> um, in fact, we're, and I'll, I'll, I won't, I won't say names. There's no reason to incriminate anybody here, but um, yeah. I'll tell a funny story. We had a, uh, a guy who was drinking not water. He was getting rather inebriated. It seems like when you're drunk, you feel like you can relieve yourself anywhere you want to relieve yourself. Right. Especially mm-hmm. on a golf course. Normally it's, no way early on, it's you go to a tree, you go into the woods and find a spot that's pretty secluded. But once, you know, once you're 10, 12 deep, it doesn't matter where you're at, right? <laughs> he, he decides he's going to take a leak on the side of the tee box. Well, this is a tee box that is fairly flat, obviously, for most tee boxes, but then it goes down towards your cart. He takes his leak on the side of the tee box. He then hits, and then he's walking back towards the carts, which are back down the hill, obviously. And you can tell where this is going. He walks back where he pees literally falls in his own pee, <laughs> slides, slides down the hill towards his cart. Serve him right to suffer, baby. Serve him right. That's, yeah, that's right. And you'd think, you'd think he'd learn, but he is still – he's one of my favorite guys to play with, and he does not care how much he drinks on a golf course. He's going to do it no matter what. Well, now – he can know that lots of people will know this story. That's we'll right. See if he continues, like if he <laughs> stops doing it, or if he's now doing it because he's famous for it. He's famous for it. <laughs> Next time we name names, man. Next time. <laughs> That's right. All right. The last one is is a little uh, a little more on the approach shot part of of our questions. In your approach to life, what one rule do you live by, and that could be in life or on the golf course? Well, I'll, I'll revert back to my embarrassing moment of saying even head you know level-headed that's normally the approach i take with everything and it's even more true now after that moment because that was one of those like what am i doing why did i just freak out like that and throw a golf ball back down the fairway the next shot's the most important shot right the next conversation you have the next day you have that's the most important for me too so i enjoy staying positive and outgoing on things uh both on the golf course and in life T.J. Eckert, 
we do appreciate you spending some time with us here on the approach shot hey and hang out because golf is a funny game it's coming up next with comedian evan burke there are a bunch of things that can negatively affect your performance on the golf course. You know, there's those nagging pains, the shoulder pain, elbow pain, wrist pain, even back pain, that kind of stuff. They're just nagging, and, and they can negatively affect how well you move. But something else is the anxiety, the nervousness, especially, you know, people watching you get a little uptight. Getting uptight is the worst thing for your golf game. So you can lose the first tee jitters, and you can get on the level of performance you deserve. Well-being starts with well-care. You need to use the code WEEKEND for 20% off your first purchase. Visit wellcarebotanicals.com. That's wellcarebotanicals.com. Or you can call 888-211-2011. You've got problems with aches. you got problems with pains. Or more like me, you got problems with first T jitters and anxiety. Wellcarebotanicals.com. Use code WEEKEND. Or call 888-211-2011. And now, it's time for... Golf is a funny game. (laughs) Back to your hosts, John Ashton and Neil Michaels. It is a funny game, isn't it? It is. (laughs) Well, and to celebrate that today... On our Golf is a Funny Game segment, we're excited to have producer, actor, comedian, Evan Burke on the show. Now, Evan has been a co-producer for TMZ, co-produced the critically acclaimed album Dusty Slay and Opens for Dusty. He also was a producer on the album Son of a Ditch, which was featured on The Tonight Show. He's done stand-up at iconic clubs like The Punchline in Atlanta, Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club, The Stand in Gotham in New York City, and... The Biggie, the comedy store in L.A. All right. Evan, welcome to the show. Yes, this is Evan. where if we had people, we could applaud for you and stuff, but it's just us. Thanks so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm excited to do uh, to do some comedy for you here, but it's mostly just going to be some real life stuff. I imagine you probably hate it when people go, hey, you're a comedian. Be funny. Yeah, I mean, because I don't know how to be, to be quite honest. I mean, we'll let, we'll let people be the judge, but it, uh, what I think is funny sometimes comes off as just not. But, you know, because I, I like to think I'm smart. You know, I'd mm-hmm. like to think I'm intelligent, but I'm constantly reminded that I'm not. Hmm. You know, like, am I the only person that thought when someone said they had a cousin twice removed, you thought that meant that twice that cousin had been kicked out of that family? <laughs> Like I thought, like I thought, I thought it was a bad thing. Like I thought, every time your cousin went to jail, you know, they became one more seat removed uh, from the family. Uh, mm. But that's just what my mom told me. Turns out she hated my cousin Aaron. <laughs> he was not invited to anything. Yeah, no, nobody likes him. Um, you know, he's he's that cousin at the table that everyone knows should probably start wearing deodorant. But like, why aren't we saying something? It's time, Aaron. Wear deodorant. It's time. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually talking to you guys from, from Nashville. I'm looking for a, I'm looking for a new apartment down here, mm-hmm. uh, because I kind of ruined my situation in my last apartment. Oof. Um, Uh-oh. this was, bef- this was before COVID and, and I had a job, uh, that, that required me to travel. Um, and so basically I had this one gig. I had like a flight at 6 a.m. I was going to land in my destination at 9 a.m. Event at 11 a.m. Back at the airport at 3 p.m. Home for America's Got Talent. You know what I mean? Like no room for error. Somebody else paid for this flight. Like make sure you do the job. And so I'm nervous. So I had to be up at like three. So I'm nervous. I'm not going to wake up through my alarm. But I set my alarm. I wake up and I'm good to go. Uh, but I don't know about you guys. 
But for me, flight protocol, before I get on a plane, doesn't matter the context of the flight, I'm going to get high, okay? You know, I'm going to smoke some weed. You know what I mean? Only weed. No pills, nothing like that. But I'm going to smoke a little weed. Make sure that the flight, there's going to be some screaming baby behind me. There's going to be some woman farting next to me. Like I need to, I need to numb myself for this flight. So I'm up in time. I, I, I smoke a little weed and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling ready to go. So I call the Uber. Uber's five minutes away. I figure I'll meet this guy downstairs. I go to exit my door. And what I did was I went to unlock my door and turn the knob at the same time. I couldn't Uh-oh. open the door. Uh-oh. The door no. wouldn't open. I couldn't open the door. I'm like oh trying to unlock it, relock it. Like I'm like, it won't. I'm like, how high am I? Did I forget how <laughs> doors work? Like what is going on? So then I get a phone call from the Uber driver saying that he's downstairs. Now I'm in my apartment building on the second floor and I have a balcony that overlooks the street. So I see my Uber driver downstairs. I can't get out. So I'm like, he's like, sir, I'm downstairs. I'm like, sir, this is crazy, but I can't get out of my apartment. Like I'm locked in without hesitation. This guy's response was, are you being held captive? I don't know why he asked that. I don't know what's going on in the community, but he was like, are you being held captive? And I was at the time, I didn't know what was going on on the other side of the door. I was like, maybe I don't know yet. So I saw him downstairs and I I had this idea. I was like, well, what if I threw my keys down to him? What if I buzzed him into my apartment? What if he came up, tried to use my key to unlock me out of my apartment? Somehow, 3.30 a.m., this guy agrees. There are saints among us. I mean, this guy was already getting a five-star rating. So I throw my keys down. This guy comes up. I hear him scratching. I hear him clawing outside my door. He also cannot get me out. So he's like, sir, I don't know what's going on, but I can't get you out. And I was like, thank you. I appreciate you trying. I need my keys back. Do you mind going back downstairs and throwing me up my keys? Oh, man, I don't want to say this dude had a bad arm, but this guy could not get my keys up to me for 10 minutes. He's downstairs playing catch with himself, with my keys, 3.45 a.m. I mean, it was one of those things like my key was on one of those lanyards, you know, those things that little spin like lifeguards used to have. His first attempt, he tried to spin it and the key ended up going behind him farther away from my apartment because he threw it in the wrong direction. And then he kept trying to get it up there. But again, it was on a lanyard. So it kept catching wind, right? It was like parachuting. So it kept falling back. So finally, I had to give this guy a pep talk. I was like, dude, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. You've got this. Grab it by the metal and just launch that thing. So finally, he gets me my keys. But I'm still locked in my apartment. I can't get out. So there's no room for error. Like, I got a plane to catch. So I'm like, who am I going to call? Call a 24-7 locksmith. I thought that was the next logical thing to do. No one answers. 4 a.m. in the morning. This is exactly what people need you for, but no room for error. I got to keep moving. So then I'm like, who am I going to call now? Like, is this an emergency? Kind of. Like, it's an emergency, non-emergency. What do you do in that situation? You call 311. So I'm like, 311. So I call 311. And I go, 311, here's the 411. I'm locked in my apartment right now. And without hesitation, she goes, are you being held captive? Like, I don't know what is going on. But she's like, even okay. I was like, at this point, I'm like, safe assumption, no. The Uber driver probably would have told me that. So before I even get off the phone with her, she says, sir, I've already dispatched the fire department. They are on their way to your house. Now, this was not the move because I have a reputation with my local fire department. Because Uh-oh. a couple months earlier, 
there was one night where I smelled gas. And they always say, if you smell gas, call the fire department. So I called the fire department. They came out. They didn't smell gas. And they threatened me with a ticket for a false alarm. So mm-hmm. I was like, listen, <laughs> I'm not calling 911. But before I can get off the phone, she calls 911. And there's two sirens coming down the street. She called two. There's two fire trucks. I'm like, I said this was a non-emergency. Now you're just mocking me. <laughs> the fire trucks get there. And I buzz them into my apartment. And they come up. And at this point... You know, the whole neighborhood is awake from the sirens and the fire department just starts trying to use the crowbar to get me out. The crowbar doesn't even work. So they just start axing down my door. They just take an axe and start destroying it. So at this point, my whole floor is awake. My building's awake. The street's awake. My roommates are awake. The fire department walked in and one of the guys was like, nice bong. I forgot to hide it. You know what I mean? I was overwhelmed. There was a lot going on. And, uh, and we're all, you know, we're all just standing in there. The door's been destroyed. I just grabbed my bags and I was like, well, I got a plane to catch. So, uh, and I just left them with my, uh, you know, with that broken down door. And, uh, I bet you guys are wondering, Hey Evan, did you make your flight? Did you make your flight in time? I was wondering. Uh, well, well, I showed up to the airport. I was there in time, forgot my ID. So... Uh. <laughs> I and I couldn't go back to my apartment, so I went straight to the DMV. I was like, "I'm getting a new license, and uh, I'm never going back to that apartment again. Everything can be replaced." So now I'm in Nashville. If any of you guys know of someone looking for a roommate, I am a joy. Oh yeah, and I'm a blessing. I'm a blessing of a roommate. Did you miss the gig? Yeah, no. Yeah. I well, yeah, I did miss the gig. So now I, I need a new job and a new living situation. So, rock bottom. Rock bottom. I once did that at a show and someone came up to me and they were like, did that really happen to you? Uh, a comedian was like, did that really happen to you? And I was like, yeah. And they go, you're so lucky. That's such a great story. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not great that it happened. And like, yeah, it created a comedy bit, but in the moment I thought, every, I thought my life was over. <laughs> not thinking you were so lucky at the time. Huh? Can you walk me through the um, thinking process of a person who sits down and says to themselves, I'm going to do stand-up comedy for a living? Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I would say that I'm, you know, the, the thought process behind doing that. Well, it's hard. You know, I've gone through different uh, phases of, of, of why I get out there and why I do it. You know, mm-hmm. I would say most people just really feel like they have something to say. They have something to say and they feel like there's people out there that can relate to it and uh, can connect to it. And, um, you know, I always just felt like I got a rise out of people. And whether I was being funny or not, I'm just still like saying a bunch of stuff at you, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, I would say that my my purpose is, uh, you know, I just I love making people laugh. I love bringing people together and I love – People just finding common ground, complete strangers, someone you've never met before, just finding that common ground, you know? So that's my motivation. But other people, you know, shit, some people are like, this is my last resort. I can't hold a job. <laughs> and, um, you know, com- you know, stand up comedy is for the unemployable. Let's you know? I mean, what other job can you do while you're high? And get away with it, <laughs> right? Oh, oh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. <laughs> Don't talk to my former employers. Um, they'll tell you. 
<laughs> Evan Burke. You going to be doing anything anywhere in public in the immediate future? Oh, yeah. You tell the world about, man. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, uh, I'm doing comedy in Daniel Island, South Carolina, near Charleston, South Carolina, mm-hmm. at a place yeah. called Dockeries. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. Um, and then uh, you can catch me in Atlanta, Georgia, performing at Sweetwater Brewery. They do a great Ooh, comedy show there. That's yeah, a so, great place. And so I will be uh, performing there. So very excited about those dates. Uh, hopefully they don't get canceled. Uh, even if they do, I'll just you show up anyway. Destroy another aspect of my life and come up with a new bit. I'll just, I'll just something that's going really well for me. I'll just set it on fire so that I have a story. You can also find information about Evan at evanburke.com. That's E V A N B E R K E because his parents have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> you can find him there. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, I do hope to come back as soon as possible. Maybe one day we'll, we'll get a round of golfing out there. Yeah, take me out there just for stats. You guys can uh, <laughs> I- I'll come in last, gladly. <laughs> Not a problem. Love it. Evan Burke, we Perfect. will have you back. Great to meet you, man. Thank you so much, guys. Y'all take care. Thanks. You too, Evan. Thanks so much, Evan. Thanks for spending Thanks. your time with us here at the Approach Time. There's a story I heard at the club I was playing golf at last week. A guy... He was out there having a great time playing 18 holes. While he was doing that, his house was being stolen. Now, not like, you know, jacked up off the foundation and being driven down the road. It was much more subtle than that. It was all done online because cyber criminals can do that now. They can go online and find the title to your home. It is there online. Then they forge your signature on a quit claim deed and they refile as the new owner of your home, you are off the title. They destroy you. They take out loans against your home. They steal the cash. They stick you with the payments. And you probably don't even know it until you start getting late payments or even foreclosure notice. Okay, so here's what you need to do right now. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. Then use code RADIO for 30 days free protection. That's code RADIO. HomeTitleLock.com and get 30 free days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com. Code radio. There are a bunch of things that can negatively affect your performance on the golf course. You know, there's those nagging pains, the shoulder pain, elbow pain, wrist pain, even back pain, that kind of stuff. They're just nagging and, and they can negatively affect how well you move. But something else is the anxiety, the nervousness, especially, you know, people watching you get a little uptight. Getting uptight is the worst thing for your golf game. So you can lose the first tee jitters, and you can get on the level of performance you deserve. Well-being starts with well-care. You need to use the code WEEKEND for 20% off your first purchase. Visit wellcarebotanicals.com. That's wellcarebotanicals.com. Or you can call 888-211-2011. You've got problems with aches. You've got problems with pains. Or more like me, you get problems with first T jitters and anxiety? WellCareBotanicals.com. Use code WEEKEND or call 888-211-2011. Well, it's in a can. It's on the shelf. What's, what's the proper uh, nomenclature for it's over, finished, done? Let's call it kaput. Kaput. <laughs> it I is that. It. I do believe that's it. I have, by the way, gotten off the floor from the laughing. <laughs> yeah. I still do have tears from both of those gentlemen. Yeah. What, what's the song? You got to be a football hero to get along with a beautiful girl or something like that. I'm sure uh, I'm sure TJ has had his quota. TJ is, is an engaged man, sir. Well, he is now. 
Yeah, but there <laughs> there were there were some. <laughs> a couple, I would assume a couple of dates leading up to that. That's know? right. <laughs> but, there you go. Uh, we won't ask him about that unless we bring him back because he does have upcoming nuptials. <laughs> yes. Let's hope everything goes great. We wish him the best. Yes, indeed. And then uh, and Evan Burke, like he said, he's uh, now living in and performing around the Nashville area, and uh, actually prefers performs coast to coast. But he's living in the Nashville area, which is which is a hotbed of entertainment of all sorts. So. He is hilarious. So do we know yet uh, what's coming up next week? We do. We have um, an extra, extra special guest, um, tennis legend, uh, number one American. I guess that would be the number one American tennis player for quite a while. James Blake will be joining us. Ooh. And this tennis legend is a golf nut. Well, there you so go. this should be fun. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully uh, he can be as successful. No, because that would really just make me jealous if he was as good at golf as he was at tennis. I would love yeah. to see a tennis champion just be normal at golf, you know? Yeah, that's probably <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of a better athlete than us. Dream on, John. I can, I can hope. Uh, something about the misfortune of our friends that delights us. But anyhow. <laughs> That is uh, uh, something very much worth looking forward to coming up next week. This is The Approach Shot. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check us out at ApproachShot.net. For Neil Michaels, I'm John Ashton. We want to remind you, golf is like life. Perfection is unattainable. You just do the best you can and you finish all the holes. You fix your divots, your ball marks, and you try to leave it just a little bit better for the next guy. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care and save big at BJ's. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.